Cameron. Uh-huh. We're here. We're here. We're starting season seven. Season seven. It's here. I want to welcome everyone out there in Listenerville to the world's most excruciatingly explicit Boy Meets World podcast. <laughs> it's true. We are the most excruciatingly explicit Boy Meets World podcast. Us. Who knew? Who knew? Um, yes, we got a one-star review on um, Apple Podcasts. Is that what uh-huh. it's called? I still call yeah. it iTunes because I'm not in the Apple ecosphere. Ecosystem. No. And uh, it's very funny. Um, I, I don't know if he meant it funny, but I... It thoroughly I, started, I doubt he meant it funny. Or she. He or she meant it funny. What was her name? Like Radio Spills or something like Radio that? Radio Spills. I tried to look it up. Oh, did you? Nothing Nothing really popped up. Real shame. Um, it made me laugh all day long. It tickled me. Um, please only give us five-star reviews. But, yeah, I mean. Um, I just want to take a moment. If you've been with us this far into season seven, where we are now, um, go give us a review. <laughs> Yeah. Preferably five stars. Yeah. And say something nice, like how we're not excruciatingly explicit and my singing is beautiful. Oh, yeah. He insulted your singing. That's what really just chuffed me. I texted you and said, Chance, I'm chuffed. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was tickled by it. I <laughs> I mean, Cameron, if you have to go say mean things about someone who people who are creating stuff and putting it on out in the air, you need this. It's just it's something you need. Mm-hmm. I would my I might suggest therapy, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> go read our one star review. It's very funny. And give us time. We're excruciatingly explicit. Excruciatingly explicit. There's that one episode where I just tried to see how many F bombs I could rack up. Mm-hmm. We kept a counter in the corner that nobody could see because it's an audio medium. Yes. But it was there. You just mm-hmm. didn't see it. 472 F bombs that episode. It was only 45 minutes. It was like a... I just blanked on the director's name. It was like a Martin Scorsese film. Oh, good one. Um, listener at home, you may be wondering, wait a minute, season seven? Why? We don't want to talk about it. There's was some audio problems with the second half of uh, of the CW reboot. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit it back. We're gonna get it hopefully next week. Um, the nice part is is we've done a lot of the work, creative work, and it's just a matter of going back and kind of re-recording some of our yeah. thoughts. But re-recording some of our thoughts, um, salvaging some stuff. I don't know. Um, so we wanted we had to take last week off um, because of some fun family stuff. Our schedules just didn't line up, and we didn't want to not have an episode. Um, so we thought, why not start season seven? Yeah, why not? Um, so sometime in the early half of season seven, we will finish the season six read. Mm-hmm. Just a little it bit of housekeeping. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so be looking forward to that. Yes. Brought to you by 23andMe, unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Hey. What's going on? Uh, not much. I just kind of can't believe that we're here. Yeah. We're in the final season. 
you know, a surprisingly wild episode. Yeah. Just like, there's a lot going on here. There's, there's a lot going on in this episode. And I don't, I don't fully know what to do with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's just like, do I, did I, did I enjoy it? I, I really don't know. I'm really going to have to process it as we're, as we're talking about it. Yeah. I kind of think, so like gut reactions, right? Uh-huh. This episode is kind of like a train wreck, but it's also like kind of boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like a train wreck that you can't, that I was like fascinated to see like how it ended, but I was also kind of bored getting there. Mm-hmm. It's um, like, not like a Buster Keaton kind of train wreck where it's like, you're laughing along the way. Mm-hmm. Just like a, I don't know, train sort of <laughs> fell over. <laughs> I'm fascinated by why it did. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It makes it, no sense. There's a lot. There's a lot. I just didn't remember about this episode. Like mm-hmm. I could have sworn. I could have sworn the Colt episode was the last time we ever saw Tony Quinn. Yeah, you mean Anthony Tyler Quinn? Anthony I guess he is Tony. Yeah. Sure, Tony. That's what they call him on Pod Meets World, so I think I've just kind of... His friends call him Tony. His friends call him Tony. Um, I could have sworn that was the last time we saw him. But he has like a weird cameo in this episode. Mm-hmm. Did you remember that? I didn't. Oh, It's man. just like, oh, there he is. But then I... Like I looked it up, and he's not in any after this. Yeah, he's just got some weird. I feel like this episode sets up like a lot of plot threads that aren't followed through, and doesn't pick up a lot of the plot plot threads. Like they don't even really like talk about the fact that Tony or Tony Tony. That's what Corey's friends call him. <laughs> they don't <laughs> really talk about the fact that Corey and Topanga are like kind of in a weird area i think next episode they'll break up Mm -hmm. but in this one they're just kind of like uncomfortably not talking about i don't know like a weird in between space Um, yeah they're they're like not a couple but they're not like broken up uh i i could have sworn i could have sworn that happened in the first episode yeah that's that's how i remember it Uh, i don't know um this is a rewatches do to you man a weird, weirdly Sean and Angela focused episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, the, the best two characters in the show, but I just don't. It is not what I was expecting mm-hmm. um, for the first episode of season seven. Yeah, but before we get into all of that, because I feel like I just jumped right in. How are you? Oh, it's been a while. Um, it has. I am pretty good. Um. I have not stopped, stopped sneezing for a week. Um, mm-hmm. so that hasn't been fun. Doesn't sound fun. It, it's allergy season. Like, I'm very lucky in that I only have allergies for two or three weeks, and then they're gone. This is just happens to be one of them. Yeah, it's right. I don't know if this is when what I'm allergic to, but like the weeks where the Bradford pear tree is white. Uh-huh. Like Terrible weeks just all around. Huh? Terrible weeks just all around. But it's not horrible. My allergies just go nuts, mm-hmm. and I don't correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation, but um, my allergies go nuts for like two, three weeks, and then like they settle down. Yeah, Bradford pears are so interesting because, like, they I don't know if they're like nationwide. So, if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's this kind of tree that's just really annoying, and in the spring, it like blossoms and all these beautiful white flowers but it smells terrible yeah it smells real bad it smells like 
in my mind, a Bradford pear smells like an old filet fish sandwich at McDonald's. Okay, yeah. Which is maybe fitting because, you know, they typically bloom during the season of Lent, which is when fish sandwiches at McDonald's are more popular. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, hashtag Catholics, whatever. Um, but there are these trees that were, I feel like, introduced because they are supposed, at least from what I've read, they're not able to, um, basically they're like sterile. They can't reproduce more Bradford pears. Um, they only grow where they're planted. But something they didn't take into account is like crossbreeding. Okay. And so a Bradford pear can't reproduce with another Bradford pear, but it will cross with other trees and it's become like a whole horrible thing. Oh, interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> little history lesson about trees. About the Bradford pear tree. I wonder if we got another name that people might know it for colloquially. Who can say? Bradford pear. Calorie pear is another name. Oh, they're native to Vietnam. Real. Wow, that's amazing. Increasingly regarded in America as an invasive species. It has a very weak branching structure. Oh, that's another thing in Oklahoma because... We're very windy here. The wind is constantly blowing from the south to the north, like without fail, without ceasing. Um, but their branch structure is really weak. And so they break a lot and just leave a lot of debris. Um, they're really bad trees for uh, like a windy place, which is where we live. Oh, weird. Oh, weird. I, I'm, I'm reading about how their fruits are like basically pure cyanide. Amazing. Okay. Bradford pears. Who knew? Yes. And I have one other thing, though, with your allergies. This is unrelated to your allergies, but that I want to talk about. And I feel like it's fine because by the time this episode comes out, the movie will be just about out. But we went and saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. And it was good. It was very good. Um, Yeah. I felt like a lot of fun. There were several moments in it that really did feel like like players uh-huh. interacting together. Yeah. Uh, and even one point that really felt like, like a DM was like doing a really overcomplicated quest type deal. And then one of the characters ruins it by not listening, <laughs> which as a DM is very like um, accurate, very accurate. Yeah. There's, there's just a character who comes in and he's like, he's a great character, but he's very clearly like, um, the DM stand-in character uh-huh. um, in in weird ways. He like helps move the plot along. And I think DM stand-in characters get a bad rap. I think there are good ways to do them. Um, but that being said, normally they are just there to be cooler than the players. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and, this one was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, really it's like they should be doing the whole quest, but for some reason they're not because the players they're busy to, the players need to be the the focus this is very your this is your journey yeah as a as a person who's played a lot more dm than a player like a lot lot more he just made me laugh a lot it's like ah <laughs> mm-hmm. so and i just laughed at that character a lot because he really fit the stereotype of his class he does um which i thought was really great um but overall the cast was wonderful. The story was fun. Um, I feel like the humor was really great. Um, 
I feel like it was just comedy from front to back. It wasn't like, like I feel like I said as we were walking out of the theater that it didn't feel like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. um, where it, it just felt like the humor was there trying to prop something up. But it's like the humor was the point. Um, yeah, it was really fun yeah. because of that. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was. It was a good adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope it does well. I hope it kind of uh, kicks off a new. Because, like, right after the Lord of the Rings, we had the big, um, like, fantasy movie boom, boom, but they were mm-hmm. all really bad. <laughs> yeah, they all, like, took themselves too seriously. Or were, like, weirdly low budget, but took themselves mm-hmm. too seriously. Um, yeah. I hope this does that, um, because I feel like a good fantasy movie is just something that's a little hard to come by. You know your Dragonhearts? Um, I'm trying to think of it, like, other good fantasy movies. Yeah, I can't really think of a bunch. There's, I mean, you got your Willows and your Dark Crystals, which are great mm-hmm. fantasy movies. Oh, before, like your before your Lord of the Rings, like your '80s mm-hmm. fantasy movies. Um, but there just haven't been like a lot of good fantasy movies. Um, and I classically, I'm not a big fan of Lord of the Rings movies. Yes, I know. I don't but hold it against you. I get it. With uh, with this movie and. and um, some Sanderson projects possibly launching soon. Um, Man, I hope so. I mean, the rumblings from Brandon himself <laughs> are are enough that it's coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't love Brandon Sanderson's writing style, but I think I, I would be excited to see some of the crazy world stuff he does. Mm-hmm. Made in why don't you just go right for wire? Why are, why, are you, why are you just assassinating this man? I that listen that article. We can't get into a third thing, but no, we can't. We got a big episode to talk about. We we really do. But that Wired article was was crazy. Like, how are you just gonna call another human being lame? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it was funny because Jason Schreier, who's like a video game person, was talking about the article, and he's like, "It's insane." That he calls this man boring, and then just right after that shows you that he's incredibly interesting when it's like he doesn't feel pain. Yeah. Like he's just incapable, like he just doesn't seem to feel pain. He goes to the dentist, and if he gets a filling, he says he doesn't need pain medicine because he just doesn't feel pain. That's extremely interesting. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I don't know what that guy was thinking. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. I don't know if he's like a non-fantasy person. Like, I think that there are a lot of good reasons to criticize Brandon Sanderson. I think he kind of gets a bit of a free pass in the fandom sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of good reasons to criticize him. Um, but none of them were taken into account in that. It was just like, he's, he's a bad writer. I've written this whole article and not referenced a single thing he's written because none of it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And all his fans are weird. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was interesting, to say the least. Although, one of my favorite things that Brandon Sanderson ever wrote is apparently, I'm just now learning, like, kind of maligned as his worst work, which shocks me. The Reckoners. Oh, I like those. Yeah, people really don't like them. Like, kind of following the discourse of the Wired articles, Mm -hmm. like, they've been like, most of the things he wrote are really good, except for the Reckoners. Like, I saw that several (laughs) times, and I was like, do people... Not like the Reckoners. I really like the Reckoners. Those were great. I really enjoyed all three of those and the little novella. Mm-hmm. The mitosis one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like them too. Um, I, I, I've struggled to get into a lot of Brandon Sanderson. Skyward, that whole series. 
I just never could get into it. And it's so my jam too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have started Way of King so many times. I just never care. I'm rereading it again right now. It's wonderful. Um, so like, I am not coming at this as like a Brando Sando super fando. Like I respect him. I I really do like the Mistborn. Um, what is it? Septology at this point. Yes. Um, He's gone through two phases now. Yeah. Two yeah. eras. Era uh, one of Mistborn and era two. A trilogy and a quadrilogy. That's going to be a pentilogy. I think he's done. If the Wax really? and Wayne is finished. I thought there was five. Nope, there's four. Oh, I thought there was one more. Why did I think that? I don't know. Look it's it up. It's definitely done. I read it. Um, it at the end. It's done. Okay. I thought there was going to be one more. Um, I have not read the last one. I've only read the three and the three. I actually thought that Wax and Wayne was going to be done after the third one. I did too. I really didn't think there was much, much more... To take the story in. Mm-hmm. The fourth one gets really into like his Cosmere stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what's been keeping me away from it. But, you know, we love to talk about these things. And maybe we've been criticized in the past by some anonymous person for talking about these things. We're going to do them because we love them. But we are first and foremost. Okay, second and second most. A Boy Meets World podcast. Yeah. We, we have never claimed to be anything more than a tangent podcast that's vaguely Boy Meets World. It's flavored Boy Meets World. You know, <laughs> like a snow cone, or it's just scented Boy Meets World. But every flavor is the same. But every flavor is the same. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and we do need to get into this one because it's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so should um, I give a synop? Uh, yeah, please. Okay, so this is um, Season 7, Episode 1, Back to Campus. Um, yeah, so everyone is returning to Pinbrook. Um, it's, uh, you know, Corey and Topanga have kind of been apart for the summer, but are still together, but things are a little bit off between them. Um, Sean spent the summer trying to get back with Angela, um, and she's just not really sure how she feels about it. Um, and then they arrive to school to receive a shocking revelation that Eric is their RA, which is yeah. just a delight. It's so I, fun. I, I, I never saw that coming. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, then, and then there's a, a new girl in class played by Beverly Mitchell called Nikki. Yeah, who Beverly joins... Mitchell is in this episode. This is it's wild. Just, it's wild, right? Um, and she becomes friends with Angela um, and reveals that she has some connections to some other characters in the, wow. in the cast. Um, not very person. much hilarity ensues no um, there's a few attempts but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't get very funny and i already want to title this episode boy meets piling on sean uh-huh because it's what we do it's that, what we do around here well that's what the show does yeah like just, i kind of thought season seven gave sean a break i know he has that whole thing later on with Corey, like worried about Corey leaving him because he's getting married mm-hmm. but I kind of thought, other than that, season seven kind of left Sean alone, but we get a lot of Sean in this episode. Yeah, and doesn't go great for him. Oh, I, it's such a weird guest. Beverly Mitchell is such a weird guest star in this episode. Yeah, I forgot she was in the show. I, If you would have asked me all of the most famous guest stars from this show, I would not have guessed Beverly Mitchell. Yeah, who would declare the most famous guest stars? Um, The monkeys, to yeah. some. To some. Uh, if Jason Marsden counts, or uh, yeah, Jason Marsden counts. I don't know if he was like considered famous at the time. Well, he was Max Goof right after this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, he's more of a famous voice actor, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Topanga's parents being Annette O'Toole and Michael McKean. Yeah, that's pretty famous. Pretty big. Um, Carrie, Carrie Russell. Yeah, and um, Blanche from Gilmore or from Golden Girls. Yeah, I'm really blanking on her name. Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. I feel like early on in the show they had a lot more guests, like big guest stars. Yeah. I mean, everyone's favorite nobody's angel. Everyone's favorite nobody's. I mean, I'm still, I'm still coming down from that high. I, I, I never will. I can't believe it didn't win the tournament. Yeah, because I, I just can't help myself from falling in love with that episode. Yeah, if you would have told me, well, Candace Cameron Burr, she's kind of. Oh, I guess yeah. Um, yeah. and um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch herself. Yeah, most of Joan Hart. Most of Joan Hart. Um, so I mean, it's got it's got its fair share. Um, but this would have been right around the height of like Beverly Mitchell like craze. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like they're setting up future storylines with her, but I don't. I have not checked the IMDb. I probably should have. I think this is the only episode she ever appears in. Right? I didn't even remember her being in this one. Yeah, it has to be right. Let me check. Okay, let me go check. Can we Google something? Can we Google something? Okay. See here, back to campus. Um, yeah, this is the only one. That's, that's wild, wild, right? Um, yeah. So let's jump into this episode. Um, we start with uh, Corey and Sean walking in uh, one set of doors um, to the student union, and uh, Topanga and Angela walking in over by the pool table. Um, and they haven't seen each other in a while, and it gets a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey's, you know, he's excited. He's like, can you believe it? We're, we're not freshmen anymore. We're starting our second year of college. Uh, we're sophomores. Yeah, um, and Topanga is excited. Um, but she's also, she's very downcast this whole episode. She's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And Corey's just trying to, like, pretend things happen. I guess this makes a lot more sense. Because I thought it happened at the end of this episode. I guess it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it has to be a, during the second episode when he goes and like tries to put her parents back together. Yeah, um, has to be. Maybe it's because maybe like that's not as out of the blue as I thought because she's really like there but not there this whole episode. Yeah, she's a, really a non-presence, but I think it's because she's wrestling with a lot yeah. of these bigger things, and Corey's trying to move past it, but she's just not. You know, she's not not having it. Yeah. Um, they they reference the wilderness store here in a second, which they haven't done. Yeah, in good at, for them. In at least a season, which it makes sense because they're going to do, during the end of this season. They're going to reference it again for um, for Eric um, that he's been working there or mm-hmm. he's working there again or something. So it's nice that we have that continuity that Corey says like he worked at the store all summer. Uh huh. Um, it is Matthew and Sons. Yeah. Well, Matthews. it's not yet. Um, so I, I enjoy that little bit of continuity. Um, yeah, I also thought it was interesting because um, they're talking about the things they did over the summer. Um, and Sean, you know, he says he spent most of the time trying to win Angela back. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know. Um, but then Corey asked Angela what she did. And she said she spent her like time with her family in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that her dad was going to be mentioned kind of this Wait, early. But he still wasn't. He just, I guess. But yeah, I mean, there's still that connection, though. Like yeah, it's it really laying that groundwork that I thought was it, really interesting. It really oddly bookends the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really just 
makes a makes a interesting bookend. Maybe them asking her to go for the last episode wasn't quite as out of nowhere as we always thought it was. Yeah, it makes um, me appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's terrible that because uh, I guess you didn't listen to the Pond Meets World episode. No, but I've heard about it. Where, where at least some of the thoughts of like you know she wasn't on the finale with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't on the finale and everyone, and someone told her, like, some, and she doesn't even remember who, that Eric, or I guess Will, Ryder, Danielle, and Ben really didn't want it. They wanted the last episode to be about them because they were, like, the forevers. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is just this, funny to think about because Jack and Rachel are there. It's true, but they're only in it for, like, a second. I feel like if Angela was in it, it'd have to be a bigger part of the story. I, I guess that's true. Um, I guess Jack has that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely I, get there. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, I I kind of imagine like Sean must have like because they're doing leaning into the whole writer thing. He must have been like writing her love letters or something over the summer because she was. He says he's trying to win her back, but she was in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for her to kind of like play it off. Yeah, um, he's a good writer. I bet they were good. Mm-hmm. He's got that je ne sais quoi, if you will. <laughs> um, Which is funny because I think that phrase je ne sais quoi just basically means how do you say? <laughs> it's like that. you're saying they have that, you know, what whatever it is. <laughs> but it um, sounds so fancy in French. But she does, uh, Angela, while a little cold, uh, does say she missed everybody. So yeah. to be there. Uh, then while the gang is sitting at the student union, Eric shows up. Um, this plot line goes nowhere. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's in here. Um, I feel like there should have been sh- some shenanigans. Yeah, I feel like there no definitely sh- should be. Um, there's no shenanigans. It's like, uh, were they setting the groundwork for something and it just really didn't ever play out? Yeah. In my mind, in my mind, Eric and Jack, their whole beginning of this season is being homeless. Uh-huh. Like, in my mind, that's what they're doing this whole season. But how can they be? Because Eric shows up and he's like, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm your new RA. <laughs> Best so, RA ever? I, I, I have no idea. I'm trying to think just of my own college experience and my RAs that I had, if any were, like, good. I mean, your senior year one was good. I don't even remember who it was. He bought us Buffalo Wild Wings once. I, remember that? Out my mind. My freshman year RA... I really liked because we would get together and watch Heroes. Oh. This was before we did it. Yeah, you know, starting say, the next year. Starting the next year, this was season two, which was the bad year. Um, <laughs> but the two of us would get together and we'd watch Heroes in the oh, lab. And it was fun. Was great, <laughs> it what? was the short year. The short year. Yes, if it had been developed more properly, maybe it would have been better. Um, yeah. We, and we're going to have to talk about the living situations here in a bit because I'm still kind of confused. Yeah, it's almost like, why Why are things so much up in the air? Like, we're starting mm-hmm. a new season. Why are these things not settled Well, already? go ahead and give your favorite excuse, uh, reason because of Pembroke. Because Pembroke is a joke school, and this episode proves it more than any other episode that's ever been written. Pembroke is a joke. They have no control over their housing, and they put Eric in charge of human beings. Actually, he does people pretty well. But they yeah, give Eric some responsibility um, to shepherd young minds and young souls through their college experience. I just don't know what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Joke yeah, school. No. 
That joke is cool. <laughs> um, and now I, I have to talk about this scene uh-huh. because I do not understand it. I are they? I don't think we ever come back to this classroom. We've already established he doesn't show up again. Yeah, they're in Mister Turner's class suddenly. Yeah, except he's wearing glasses, and that's supposed to fool us. They call him Professor Turner. Oh yeah, instead of Mister, but it's clearly Anthony Tyler Quinn. It is like they. They don't even make a joke like, you look familiar. Yeah, nothing. Or he's like, hey guys, remember me? Nothing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like, what? Have we fallen into a parallel universe? A parallel universe. You know, what's kind of interesting, this may have been intentional. This this may have actually been intentional now that I think about it. Because I okay, hope so. Follow this, follow this logic with me. Back to school is the first episode of season two and it introduces Mr. Turner. Mm-hmm. Now we've got back to campus. Yeah. It's like the second season of them being in college. Yeah. So maybe like, maybe they just thought it'd be a fun nod to like back to school to have Mr. Turner and like Dr. or Professor Turner teaches them like, teaches them a psychology concept here in a second, attachment mm-hmm. theory. And it really does kind of like flow throughout the episode weirdly. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of in a way back to what is at the heart of Boy Meets World, at least in many people's minds, not in terms of reality, because it doesn't happen as much as we remember happening. Yeah. But it did happen quite a bit in season two. It did. Um, So, and and normally it was introduced by Mr. Turner. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But if only you'd had him read a book or something. Yeah. You've read all of this big book, but I mean, we're kind of past the point of like developmentally appropriate books for college students. Yes. Yes. You know, regardless of what Congress happens to say. Yeah. And yeah, he asked them what attachment th- theory is in like, I think here's what I think is going on in this scene. You can disagree with me if you want. Mm-hmm. Corey, like of all the people who could answer the question as to what attachment theory is, it's Corey that answers. Which uh-huh. I think is a little strange. Yeah. Until, you would think it'd be like Topanga who answers. Yeah, but until you realize that Topanga is in distress because of her parent. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to set up here like a a Corey kind of saviorly thing. Like maybe he's been like doing research about this topic. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're just thinking of the characters in particular, like Sean's family life is an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. And Topanga's family life is falling apart. And so Corey's like attachment theory is just like the, I can't remember exactly what he says, but you know, just like it has to do with like your behavior, like how secure you are in your relationships and like the responsiveness of your caregivers and their consistency um, helps you to maintain healthy relationships as an adult. Yeah. Um, and, and he, and even professor Turner kind of looks shocked. He's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you you've done some reading on this. And he kind of like has a slow smile and kind of like looks at Topanga. He's like, Yeah, I've done some reading. And it just kind of zooms out. Yeah. Um, I I guess I wouldn't have expected that level of subtlety from this. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. Like, because I I felt like I had to watch this episode very closely, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just felt like I had to watch it really closely because there were like things you could miss, like the back to school connection and like Yeah, and it's so interesting because thinking of the next episode, which I guess is what it is, when he's trying to get her parents back together, 
-hmm. It doesn't feel like Corey is this well-read, studied, collected person. He just feels like his manic, normal self. Yeah, well, maybe. I I mean, maybe I'm just projecting. Yeah, yeah, we could be... We could be just projecting the image on Corey. I don't know. Um, after this episode, I'm kind of at a loss for what season seven has in store for us. Because I didn't remember any of this. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're both in the same boat. Yeah. Of our memories. It, it's it's a weird episode. Um, but yeah. So the next scene, we're going to introduce Beverly Mitchell. Uh-huh. And it's a little confusing. It really is. Uh, so we're at outside the student union. The gang is like sitting there eating. Um, mm-hmm. And Angela is kind of like, okay. So the last scene, you would think that Corey, like this is going to be all about Corey and his, and his like relation to Topanga and her parental problem. Mm-hmm. But suddenly we take a left turn and we're very focused on Angela. Yeah. And how Angela is wondering, like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Am I, like, am I cut out for college? Is college a thing that I need to really be concerning myself with? Yeah. Did you did you think that she's saying that because she wants to be away, or she thinks she should be away from Sean? Or do you think she's saying that, like, oh, I want to go back to Europe? Like, I just, I don't, I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, because, I mean, people are capable of housing many competing ideas within themselves but we haven't typically seen that in the show right mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know if it's because of that or um yeah what the show is trying to say here with her being that way i think maybe it is a little bit of everything like it is like i've been away from sean he's been writing me these things it's been very easy to disregard all of those and now i'm here i'm kind of overwhelmed by it and i want to take a step back but i also don't want to just say that because I feel like she's felt like she's been very clear with Sean in terms of what her expectations are for them, um, mm-hmm. which is nothing. Um, and for him to be kind of pushing so hard, she's just kind of like, okay, bro, won't take a hint. Yeah. I mean, to leave. Yeah. He's kind of been following her around this whole episode. He's like in her class and like kind of just inserting himself into her life. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that he's been maybe writing to her. We don't know all summer. Yeah. Um, and I think I think this may be a bit of foreshadowing too. I don't remember exactly when the whole Angela's father thing happens. I think it happens pretty early in the season, but maybe it's kind of like foreshadowing like hey, Angela had kind of an absentee like dad and didn't really have a mom. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't know who she is. Yeah. yeah. Her attachment the attachment theory is kind yeah. of coming to play here. Yeah, I think it may be like foreshadowing for that uh, Angela's dad episode that's coming up. Uh, maybe. maybe, or maybe not. Because <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to remember. I don't think we learn. No, we do. We learn that um, her mom left them in that episode, right? I I want to say so. Because there's two Angela's dad episodes, but the other one's like way later. The other one is like the second to last episode. I mean, if you count the last two as one. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Angela's ashes, I think, is what that last one is called. Okay. Well, it's it's weird, and she's like, she she's just kind of wishy washy until Beverly Mitchell enters the scene. Yeah. And like, it's really strange. I feel like these guys are like um, 
gambling Dan rejects uh-huh. are like just kind of giving her a hard time. <laughs> Such a good way to put it. I you're not even good enough for gambling Dan. Yeah, and I don't know why. Why didn't they just get back like gambling Dan or Goldberg to like hassle this girl? Why? Yeah. Why are these like random rejects? Maybe they were busy. I don't know. When was the Mighty Ducks three? Oh, that could be. But Gambling Dan isn't in Ducks 3. Yeah, but you, I mean, you can't have Gambling Dan without Louie. Oh, it was 1996. <laughs> yeah, he should have definitely been free. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm kind of glad this character doesn't continue, even though, like, the weird revelations. Mm-hmm. She seems like she's going to be such a big part of this season. Um, because she kind of gives me, like, Rachel vibes, where the only thing the writers know to do with her is, like, oh, she's hot. Yeah. Like, so these guys just want her to go out with them. It's like, we already have Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need another Rachel. And, and don't get me wrong. I was a big Seventh Heaven fan, so I love Beverly Mitchell, but yeah, I don't, like, like the guys are hitting on her in this scene and she wants them to stop. And then later on, Eric hits on her. Like, I just don't, I don't need that character. Yeah. Um, I already kind of feel sad that all of Rachel's storylines revolve around like, oh, you're hot. And being an object of desire. Yeah. So I'm glad that doesn't continue. Although I would be very interested to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Angela like tells him off and then like drops a bombshell that I don't know how to interpret. Yeah. That this girl, her name is Nikki apparently, which you yeah, think, yeah, it was Nikki. It was Nikki. Um, I wrote it down because that's my wife's name. <laughs> um, I wrote it down. I was like, what? And they're roommates. Yeah, that was just the weirdest thing. Like, what happened to Topanga? You know, housing is really weird in this. Uh-huh. Like, come to think of it, because, like, eventually, in an episode or two, like, the girls are going to have a fight with the boys over the apartment. Oh, my gosh. Don't remind me. <laughs> um, the, you know, we had episodes with killers loose in the school. We have had episodes where Corey is tempted by the Satan. We've had episodes where Corey is pushing Sean down an elevator shaft, and none of those, none of those reach the absurdity of the wrestling match over the ownership of the apartment. Cameron, we're not there yet. <laughs> so yeah, but like housing, housing in season seven, it's just like continually like Chinese fire drill. We're going yeah. to continue to just rotate through who is living where with whom. Yeah, and oddly, Rachel becomes an RA this season. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. I that's weird. Yeah, Eric is introduced as an RA in this episode, and Rachel becomes an RA later. Uh huh. What are they doing? Like this episode was a weird framework for the rest of the season, <laughs> but like <laughs> Rachel becomes an RA, and then Angela. I don't think we ever see Angela in Topanga's dorm again. So I guess maybe Topanga's living with Aunt Prudence again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is. I have no idea, but like. If we're to understand what's going on here, Angela is living in the dorms. Then after the wedding, she's going to go live at the apartment with Sean. And mm-hmm. then she's going to go move in with an RA. I guess we'll maybe just like our timeline, we're going to need to keep diligent notes and really try to keep track of where everyone is living. We might have to because it gets wild this season, I know. And I, I have no idea where Topanga lives. No, yeah, I don't know. Is it she doesn't... living with Corey since Sean is living in the apartment? Maybe like did that just continue from when they and Pembroke just lets it happen? 
<laughs> Benbrook just lets it. It's got to be awkward right now. Uh huh. They're the very much on the rocks. I don't. I have no idea. They do not bring up where Topanga lives right now. I'm not with Angela anymore. Apparently. Apparently, you know uh, that's for us to figure out later. That's that's for us to figure out later. Um, hopefully, we don't have to. Um, We're gonna have to. But yeah, Angela stands up, and this is a really powerful moment. She just gets to tell these guys off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, it's a great moment for her. Um, she gets to be like. I love sassy Angela when she's just like, mm to somebody. Yeah. That's my favorite kind of Angela. Yes. Yeah, so, but they're arguing that red, that Corey and Sean and Topanga tried to help out, but it's like clear that Angela is just really upset um, yeah. from this argument. And that Nikki's very upset. We're just meeting this character. Um, don't know her, anything about her at this point, other than that she's played by Beverly Mitchell. Um, yeah, and we know something big is going on inside Angela's heart because she's just screaming at these guys by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going through a lot. She's going through a lot. And then we cut to what used to be Angela and Topanga's dorm. Yeah, it looks exactly uh, the same. It looks exactly the same, except apparently apparently they've traded beds. Yeah. Because right, cause Topanga used to have the bed by the door, and now Angela mm-hmm. does. And now Nikki has the bed like on, by the on wall. far... Yeah, the back wall. Yeah, um, that, that's right. Because they used to be flipped when it was Topanga. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they're just kind of sitting in there awkwardly until Angela breaks the silence and just like apologizes for what happened. Mm-hmm. And Nikki's just um, like, it, you know, it's okay. I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. I, Which sucks. Not yeah, that sucks. the she, you know, the situation sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Angela's like, what, what's wrong? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me she's like well i'm used to what guys like that do like i've always been the new girl um i've never really had friends um yeah, family we, moved around a lot yeah uh we moved to, we moved around a lot um sounds like she's had a hard life i'm uh-huh. um, kind of sean-esque well, yeah definitely you yeah um i was kind of wondering what was going on right now like why is this sean-esque character with angela mm-hmm. um like, is it going to lead to, like, her realizing how important Sean is to her? It, that does not happen. No, it definitely doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, and then she talks, like, she doesn't want to be a pity case. And Angela's like, I understand. Um, then they have a really sweet mo- moment where um, she's like, I'm glad you're my friend, Angela. And she's like, me too. And, like, even though you've moved around a lot, I'm going to be there for you. She's like, I think I believe you. Yeah, it's sweet. It'd it's be nice sweeter problem. if she ever showed up again. Yeah, I I guess those are just words, Angela. Um, I think just the writers of this episode maybe like wrote themselves into a corner and didn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like we're just gonna jettison these things away. We're, gonna, we're just gonna jettison them because um, yeah, I don't I don't remember any of this. Picture. Maybe it just didn't work with the test audience or whatever. I don't know if they do test audiences back then. It's not a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know um i'm glad we kind of get this like reintroduction to where everyone is and that's a little slower than i remember mm-hmm. I think. that's nice yeah and i think you make a good point of like nikki being this sean like character that angela is like getting to know mm-hmm. um, i just think that's a really interesting thing that i didn't really think about yeah it's kind of giving her a new perspective on sean i feel like yeah um it would be better if we weren't about to go way off the rails. Super off the rails. Um, 
like kind I, I mean it all kind of thematically works uh-huh. but it's it's something um so we go back to outside the the student union mm-hmm. um, we don't go to this spot a lot where they're kind of sitting in that patio area mm-hmm. like we sometimes have scenes here but i don't feel like it's as common of a space so it was nice to see them using that yeah they're using it a little more um i think they're just doing it because it's like the one place with tables where they can like go hang out that is true other than at the coffee shop well, yeah, the coffee part, but then you have to do use the rest of the student union. Mm-hmm. Just, um, just, they can just have that little set. I like, I like it. Yeah, and Angela and, and Nikki are just hanging out, um, are just hanging out, like eating and studying. And Jack and Rachel show up. Um, no mention, no mention in this episode at all about what the state of their relationship is. Yeah, it was weird because it felt. I mean, Eric's master plan. I guess it still hasn't come to fruition or he'd be living back with them. Yeah. So I guess it hasn't, yeah, it hasn't like the bomb hasn't landed. Yeah. It's been dropped, mm-hmm. but it hasn't landed. Hasn't, you know, gone nuclear. Um, they must break up right after this episode. Cause I am, I am almost certain at the beginning of the next episode, they're broken up. Yeah. It must, must have happened between these times. And, and it's not like they're very couple Yeah. They're just together. Uh huh. Like proximity wise. Um, but they are together in every scene, so maybe they hadn't decided to break them up when this episode was written. Um, but they introduce them, they introduce, um, Nikki to Rachel and Jack, which they're going out of their way to introduce this character to everybody. Yeah. For no reason. For nothing. It, yeah, I don't, I have no idea. Um, they talk about, they talk about classes. Jack is super awkward. I don't Uh know why. Um, he tries to bring up like Corey and Topanga have tough semesters. Uh-huh. And Nikki's talking about how she's trying to figure out what her major is, which I mean, Angela's kind of been in the same boat. Yeah. So it's interesting that Angela doesn't chime in. Um, but I think this whole thing, I think this whole weird scene of introducing Nikki is to have Jack and Nikki in the same place mm-hmm. for Sean to burst in here in a second. Yeah, so he comes into the scene and he's just like, guys, you're not going to believe this, but I just like got off the phone with a girl who's claiming to be my my half sister. Yeah. He's got another one. He's got another. He's got another half sibling. Is this just the is it like the odd season episode? Like some episode in all the odd seasons of Boy Meets World where you have to have another sibling of Sean introduced? Was it season? Was it season one? Is it season, season one? Three? Season three and season five. Is it? Is it season three when they do the video camera one? Because uh-huh. Eli, so it can't be season yeah, four. Yeah, that's season three. Wow! They introduce a new sibling of Sean every <laughs> odd season. You get Stacy. You get what's his face who steals computers? I guess. Uh, yeah, whoever he was, he get Jack. Jack and now this person, and now this person. Um, and. Jack seems a little hesitant. He's like, is Sean, this sounds like a scam. And Sean's like, what would they be scamming me for? Yeah, me. If you, I understand. Um, which, is Sean living in the apartment with Jack and Rachel? I He has to be, because we know he doesn't have the magic trailer anymore. He doesn't have the magic trailer. And, like, later, Sean, it seems like Sean lives in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Maybe he stayed there for the summer? Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, they closed the dorms over Christmas, so I wouldn't be surprised if they closed them over, you know, summer. Yeah, it's weird, but 
Um, anyway, we'll get we'll get there when we get there. Um, so they're talking about it being a scam, and Sean just doesn't really know why it would be a scam. Um, and Angela's like, Angela, do her uh, credit is like, we'll figure this out with you, Sean. She's not going to leave her friend high and dry um, just because they're not romantic anymore. Yeah, it's like a nice moment. Uh huh. It's like we're going to be with you to figure this out. Like, yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I got to imagine that this is a big moment for Jack, and that's why he had to be in this scene. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird my way to has another sibling, huh? It's like my brother has another sibling. Who yeah. is who's the parent? <laughs> How yeah. does this affect me? Yeah, they don't ask. Like, is it Chet's? <laughs> uh huh. Um, but yeah. So then we're we're in the apartment, um, and Sean is pacing around like he owns the place, like it's his. Um, I mean, I guess he did just take Angela there to have sex last season. So. Uh-huh. Well, they didn't actually. They didn't, but I mean, there was intent. He 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 seems comfortable just you know, using it. You know, just <laughs> letting it letting it all hang out, as it were. Uh, yeah, and this is where we learn that um, the girl on the phone claimed to be Verna's daughter, uh-huh. um, not Chet's. Um, which I don't know how Jack feels about. I mean, like. Sean has another sibling, which Sean always knew, or Jack probably always knew was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's like Sean, my brother, has another sibling, but I don't. Yeah, but there's still, I mean, there's still just a connection there. Like he's um, connected to it in a way that none of the other characters are. Because yeah, that is his brother. Yeah, and, and Jack is fairly quiet the rest of this episode, and they kind of uh-huh. even at one point they kind of zoom in on his face, and he kind of looks like a little stoic. So, I don't know. I think they're trying to insinuate, like, this is emotional for Jack, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen through season five or season six how he sort of handles that emotion. When he's going through something tough, he tries to be the strong one, mm-hmm. like taking care of things, trying or, not to be too expressive. Yeah, and he uses humor to... To sort of deflect. To sort of deflect, yeah. Um, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. It's my favorite coping mechanism. But, yeah, so... Um, I guess right before this scene, Sean um, had a made a plan to meet um, his sister at the student union. And now he's telling Corey and Topanga about it. Um, Jack and Angela are there. Uh, Rachel's there with them. Um, he's nervous. And they're just hyping him up mm-hmm. to meet another family member. Sean, Sean's found family. Yeah. More family. Um, it's a short scene, but it's nice. I like this scene. Yeah, it's just kind of everyone's being very supportive of Sean as he's sort of going through this. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to um, we cut to the student union, and all of them are, like, sitting on uh, the couches. But they've all got, like, books up hiding themselves, and Sean is ordering a coffee. Um, and, like, it's very zoomed in on Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just feel a tap on his shoulder, and you hear a voice like, Hi, are you Sean Hunter? I'm your sister, Nikki. <gasps> yeah. Beverly Mitchell um, is Sean's half-sister. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she's not Stacy, but okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> Stacy's not real. Yeah, Stacy's a manifestation of his grief over not having Jack. Mm-hmm. We've we established it. that. It's, it is ironclad. Um, Sean's like, wait, aren't you Angela's roommate? Didn't I meet you yesterday? She's like, yeah, I didn't know how to tell you then. Um, but I'm telling you now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she even says, I don't I didn't want to keep lying to you. Mm-hmm. Which 
I mean, I mean that makes sense. Um, she says that Verna gave her up um, when she was younger, and um, she bounced around foster homes. Um, which this could have been a fun dynamic, right? Like someone for Sean to relate to. Yeah, because it's like he has Jack, but he and Jack have just grown up in two entirely different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and not that Sean was really ever in like foster care. Um, but he did definitely grow up with less than Jack. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, when, when that episode comes out, um, with his, with Angela's dad, we're going to learn that they can relate on like the abandonment Mm -hmm. kind of side. Um, but Sean gets to relate to somebody on that abandonment side. Like now, um, she says, uh, she went looking for her parents. Um, and, that's how she found out about him. Um, Sean's kind of Sean's speechless. He doesn't know what to say. Yeah, she's kind of like she's like, just take your time. Like I get it if you don't want to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like, no, I, I, you're my family. Like, mm-hmm. of course. I think my favorite part of this scene is like Sean looks over to where um, the others are, and they're like kind of peeking over books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they can't take their eyes away. So non, so non noticeable guys. Um, and then uh, we cut to like a commercial, and then we cut back, but it's still clearly the same scene. Uh-huh. Um, and Eric comes in, and I don't know why this scene is in here. I <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. What were I don't know what the writers were thinking. This really doesn't belong. It's like they were trying to fill for time, and like didn't have enough for like a B plot. Yeah, so, so like we'll just put Eric in there hitting on Nikki. Yeah, he he just <laughs> and he doesn't even do it well. Yeah, he's just like, like oh, the charming Eric that we've ever seen. He's like, hey, you're a beautiful lady. Yeah, he's like, oh, Sean, who is this beautiful woman you haven't introduced me to? It's like, can't you just can you at least give me like an Austin Powers reference or something? Yeah. No, can't um, do that. It's weird that it. That's a wig, right? That Eric is wearing, because he's got short hair in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it weird. doesn't look good. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. It's got to be be a wig, right? It has to be, right? It has to be. Um, maybe he gets the haircut because he fails at being an RA in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> the the um his hair was looking really. He, maybe he was trying to find a way to you know. Bond everyone. He's like, give your RA a haircut. That's um, true. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I, I mean, seems about as smart as the Um, but yeah. So I think this is all just like more like like ooh, John's sister is hot, and that's like her whole thing because she's very much like oh, I can't believe I'm being hit on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's Angela when I need her? Yeah. Uh, although he's she's uh, he's not being nearly as like persistent as. The guys earlier were yeah when he finds out that she's sean's sister he's like oh he sort of backs off yeah he, he backs off and um and then he ha- they have a sweet moment where he's like i'm i'm really too glad you two found each other mm-hmm. yeah and then Corey's like well eric like if, like oddly he comes and consoles eric's like looks like he's struck out and he's like well maybe nikki has a friend <laughs> wink, wink, nudge nudge um yeah not great <laughs> no not but yeah not great at all. Um, and then we get an episode. Um, this, or a scene in this episode. Um, and this, I think this episode, this scene is probably why this doesn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it? it's just Sean and Nikki. 
And I don't feel like they have much chemistry. Like, I don't know how to describe this. But when I watch Sean and Angela, I'm like, I'm like, oh, those two, yeah. they play off each other perfectly. There's something going on there. Um, Sean and Nikki just don't. They have a little conversation about how they grew up. Um, and it's just, it feels forced. It really <laughs> um, does. I think Beverly Mitchell is used to doing a little bit more um, serious work. Mm-hmm. So you're not giving me much to work with here. Um, but yeah, they just don't have much chemistry. But there's a knock on the door. And why didn't they just get the original actress for Verna? Yeah. I don't know why. I have. I, I looked up who this person was. Could not find anything. That's so I, weird. It's like the one thing she ever did. She had like curly hair like Verna, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's kind of had the accent a little bit. But even then... It's like this is clearly not her. Yeah, there's a, so there's a knock at the door. Sean stands up to answer it. Uh, they're in the apartment. I don't know if I said that. Um, Sean stands up to answer the door, and he stands there in shock. And then it cuts to a woman that we have never seen before. Mm-hmm. Shocking! There's a strange woman at my door. Who is this? Um, and we wouldn't know anything if Sean didn't say, "Mom." Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, Verna? Verna Hunter? Is that you? Yeah. You've changed the road. Mom, you you changed your hair. Well, I saw the road from dad. Guess you um, don't have to run anymore. Um, Verna, I guess, um, looks at the two of them, smiles, uh, says that she needs to talk to Sean. Sean's like, well, what do you need to talk to me about? I mean, anything you say to me, like you can say in front of uh, Nikki, like, we're siblings, aren't we? And she's like, very seriously, like, Nikki, I need to talk to Sean. Um, mm-hmm. And she apologizes, and we think she's going to tell us, like, what happened with his sister. And then I don't understand what happens. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Sean, so we are to believe that Nikki is a freshman at, at, at least. And we have no reason to believe she's not in the same grade as the gang, uh, right? Uh, uh-huh, as the whole crew. Verna reveals that Nikki is not her. Her daughter, but Sean's daughter? What sort of days of our lives, bold and the beautiful, just nonsense is this? I have no idea. Sean, you have a daughter that's just about your age. Like, this. So maybe, like, at most, this is what it could be. Like, Sean is a year older than most of the other freshmen because he, mm-hmm. we've established he's a year older than Corey. Right. And maybe. Even if Nikki is some kind of like wonder kid and she's like 15 and yeah, he's still only maybe 20. Yeah. Like, (laughs) um, but Verna tells this story about like a girl getting pregnant and Verna helping her take care of the baby and helping like find it a home. Mm -hmm. Um, and she never, like Sean never knew. Um, yeah, this is just where the episode loses me. It, like it could have been, it could have been good. It, it could have been something, and then it's just kind of like here's this bombshell of nothingness. We have to give Sean a secret daughter, mm-hmm. obviously that Verna took care of, but she <laughs> wouldn't even take care of Sean. <laughs> um, yeah, I got, I got nothing, and this, and Sean like doesn't know, which of course he shouldn't know how to feel. What if 
what if the Nikki that we see is actually a scammer and there actually is a little baby out there? Oh, and does have a baby and this, this older woman has tried to get, get in there for, I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to do their work for them. The writers of this are clearly insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Maybe this was building to something. Why does Sean believe her? Is my question. Yeah, he's like, hold on, mom. Um, so they have an entire conversation about like trust and how she lied to him. Which I think the fact that you had a baby is a lot more like a much bigger thing than like your mom who abandoned you was lying. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe focus on that. Uh-huh. Um that seems like much more likely. But yeah, Sean like kicks her out, and this is the last time we ever see Verna. Or whoever this woman is. <laughs> I mean Sean thinks it's Verna. Verna, if that is your real name. Verna, if that is your real name. Just uh kicks him out and she leaves the apartment, and Sean is just standing in the middle of the room, like sad, and I'm like, Nikki is still upstairs. Like, uh-huh. you, what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> like yeah, and like Sean goes back up like with the group, and Nikki's like, I didn't mean to cause any trouble. Sean's just like, it's not your fault. You know, a lot going on. Topanga tries to help patch things over. She's like, you have a daughter, and that's really special. Um, maybe she's projecting some of her own family insecurities. Yeah, yeah. I think she's that. feeling like kind of unattached to her parents. Uh-huh. She's like, Sean, you have, a, you have an opportunity to be attached here. Um uh, and they're all they all like give Sean pats and Corey gives him a hug. Um and then we get the the tag at the end. Um which is on a grass set that I don't think I have ever seen here before. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, do I don't know, know where it is. I can't place see it. again. It's they're all just here. like hanging out on like campus grass mm-hmm. in the sun. And Feeney's walking by. No mention of how last season ends with the Dean. And he yeah, says, the game, um, uh, yeah, they have no idea. He doesn't even address, like, who is this woman you're with? Uh-huh. Why does she look so much like you, Sean? Do you think Beverly Mitchell looks like Roger Strong? <laughs> I think Not they're about the same age. That would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like she was coming into adulthood right at the, like, Turn of the millennium. Yeah, how old is Ryder Strong? Uh, he's in his forties. I know that one. Ryder Strong. He is. Why doesn't nineteen seventy? He's forty three. Yeah, they're about the same. Yeah, she's she's got to be in her early forties too. Um, yes. she's forty two. Yeah, and Feeney like tells him like he's glad they're back. Be prepared for the most difficult year of their lives because they've grown up so much. Mm-hmm. Um. He's gonna try. He's not trying to scare them. He's trying to prepare them for life. He says, um, and he says, and he ends it by saying, "Class is in session." Yeah, it's kind of this weird. Where is this coming from? Um, but I kind of like it. Yeah, it's like setting up for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of learning to do. Class is in session. Yeah, I I don't know why he's just in this uh, tag at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> And they never like, saw Nikki again. And we never saw Nikki again. Um, gosh, this would have been a perfect moment for like for like them to be like, oh, what are you guys doing? And Cordy be like, oh, not much. Getting to know Sean's daughter. <laughs> and for Feeney to just be like, I should have stayed in Jackson Hole or something. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm retiring again. 
and I'm moving far, far away, and I'm not telling you where. You just hear Eric, no! <laughs> no! Um, if only we had written the episode. If only. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Ratings? I feel like I was really enjoying... Well, enjoying is a strong word. Um, I was gelling with it until the end, which is just so insane. Yeah, um, it is. It doesn't make any sense. So I think I'm going to give it like a five. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm a Beverly Mitchell fan. Well, um, who isn't? Duh. I'm of two minds about this episode because a lot of things connect fairly well, like the back to school, back to campus connection. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they completely waste Anthony Tyler Quinn, like yeah, he's wasted. It's, it's good to see him. Yeah, I'm really glad he's here. Um, and the whole like him teaching them a lesson in school that kind of pans out um, as time goes on because all 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 of this is really about like Sean, Angela. Um, even kind of Jack to a certain degree and Nikki's mm-hmm. like relationship to their parents. Um, yeah. So like bringing up attachment theory um, is really interesting. Um, so I think I'm going to be a little more generous than you. I'm going to give it like a 6.5. Okay. I don't think it's like a tournament level episode. No, definitely not. Um, this doesn't stand toe to toe with some of the great episodes of this season that I can't think of what they are. <laughs> Maybe it can. <laughs> Maybe this is the best one. Um, is this a sign of what's to come? I certainly yeah. hope not. Uh, MVP is Angela, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I can't. I can't imagine. Um, you're not putting this in your document. Oh, I have to make a new document. <laughs> it's like Cameron, don't make me go back to listen to all the episodes again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, a five and a six point five brings this to what? Uh, That'd be 5. a five point seven five. Seven five. We can math. Mm-hmm. We are mathers. That's why they call us the Mathis brothers. Exactly. Um, I love Beverly Mitchell. Um, I think like, ooh, new hot girl on campus. Um, it's just a waste of her potential. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a bummer. Um, I wish, I, I mean, I guess she gets a little bit more development, but it's all over the place. You think it's going to be an uh, Cory and Topanga focus episode, and then it turns into a, Angela in a new character focused episode and then it ends as a Sean episode. Yeah, like what what is it's just a mess, you know? It is. Um but it's interesting. And they tried something with it. Uh-huh. What are we gonna call it? Um uh, I was thinking You said it earlier. I don't remember if that was on the air or if that was before we got started. I I have no idea. Boy boy meets attachment theory? Maybe boy, boy meets the theory. weirdest twist of all time. Boy Boy meets Strange family ties. <laughs> you know Maybe what we are going for um, every episode this season? We're going to name it where it includes the name of another sitcom. <laughs> another sitcom. In it. Be you know what? Boy meets what's happening? <laughs> Boy meets what's happening. There's actually two other titles we could give it. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one is Boy Meets. April Fool's. <laughs> April Fools! I was like, or was this what? Boy Meets April Fools! <laughs> Boy Meets April Fools! I was wondering if you'd get there. I was like, April Fools! <laughs> we got you. Maybe. Hopefully not. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. How about uh, Boy Meets episode written almost entirely by ChatGPT? <laughs> <laughs> That's this one. I'm going to write it down. Um, I, uh, I wrote this with minor prompt, I wrote this episode on ChatGPT. Um, I did. did not tell it 
to add Nikki, nor to make Nikki Sean's sister, nor to make Nikki Sean's daughter. It did no. that all by itself. Because yeah. AI is not that smart. It is no pretty one. smart. Um, I had it write like an alternate ending because it was just like, we can't, we can't give Sean a college age daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we just can't. <laughs> uh, so I had it write an alternate ending and it that alternate ending had Chet show up. <laughs> it, it, so I, I had to do another alternate ending. Instead of Verna showing up, it had Chet show up uh-huh. um, and talk about um, how he helped Verna find Nikki somewhere. Um, but it, they it, he wasn't Sean's daughter. And then I had it right again, and I said, write that scene again, but remember that Sean's dad is dead. <laughs> and it had Mr. Turner show up, but not interact with Sean. It, it is funny that ChatGPT made Mr. Turner come back. Yeah, ChatGPT made Mr. Turner come back. Um, ChatGPT just had them go to a psychology class with a Dr. Turner, so we decided it was. Yeah, it was the, be, that was just random that it said, I think it said Professor Turner. Yeah. Um, uh, although there are some oddly like cogent themes. Mm-hmm. That ChatGPT worked into this. What I really feel like this was a display of was just hu- humankind's ability to take noise and turn it into signal. Because <laughs> we're just—I just felt like we were making these just extremely good connections <laughs> that did not exist, that were not intentional, that were nothing, and we're like. Oh, because of this that happens, or that that happens, or the way that it connects to this and that and the other. And it's like, none of that's real. No, the back to school, back to campus connection, I felt like it was good by me. That it was. Up on the spot. We had it never was. spoken of that. Amazing. <laughs> we had <laughs> never spoken of that. I didn't tell Jack, Jack, Chat GPT to do that. Uh-huh. It just did it. Again, noise and signal. Noises. <laughs> um, Yes, this this was just us reviewing a chat GPT written episode of Boy Meets War. A, a, a AI spec script, script, if you will. If you will. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I'm not too terribly worried about an AI takeover yet. It can't write a cogent episode of Boy Meets War. Yeah, that's when we need to really be afraid. We'll see what happens next next year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what did you think of our Chat GPT written episode? If you try to write a Chat GPT Boy Meets World script, what does it turn out like? Yeah, who's got a secret child? Be honest. What was your reaction listening to this episode? Were you like, oh, they're doing an April Fool's episode? Or were you like, what are you guys talking about? This is not an episode of Boy Meets World. (laughs) If we got you, you legally... You legally are obligated to tell us. Uh-huh. On Twitter or email if you're not on Twitter. Which I don't blame you. It's it's Twitter is rapidly devolving and getting worse day by day. It I'm I'm rarely on it, but sure. It, it is. Um yeah. Tell us tell us uh, on email, tell us if we got you. Um but yes, this was Boys Meet April Fools. April Fools. Part two. Yes. Tech, I mean, I guess our very first April Fools was the chicken sandwich wars. Oh, I forgot all about that. Which was a long, long time ago. Yeah. So um, part three, April Fool's? Part three. But our second official April Fool's Day episode. Yes. Is this one. Is uh, is this one. Um, I very much enjoyed rebranding 
um, as the Smallville torch. Mm-hmm. We are year. actually very near to our um, debut. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Um, I was on the website the other day. Didn't we? I think we went live April fifth. Episode one. Wow, it was only it was forty six minutes long. It was April fourth, twenty twenty. Wow, that's um, insane. We'll have to remember that when we re- we're we're recording the second half of the reboot podcast tomorrow, and then season seven will really begin after that. Uh, the week after that, um, but we'll have to remember that because that will be very close. It'll be the Tuesday before that comes out. Mm-hmm. So that'll be our, our third anniversary. Wow what what is the third anniversary? Probably the diamond. I feel like they all are. Third anniversary gift. Um, leather. <laughs> leather. Time to become some leather daddies. This is why we are the most excruciatingly explicit cast. <laughs> that oh, part. Yes. That, everything we talked about that wasn't the episode was a true thing. Uh huh. Um, That's a real thing. If you are listening, go write us an, a nice review. Go write us a nice review. Tell them to start with this episode. <laughs> it's like, man, I really forgot how season seven started. Give this yes. a listen. It's wild. Um, I honestly don't think anything except for visiting Topanga's parents is memorable. And I tried to tie that in with like a fake Verna. Mm-hmm. Because um, like we get fake Corey or Topanga's parents. Yeah. We get, a, we, we get different actors to play Topanga's parents. Um, I can't wait. So I, I, I was trying to kind of tie that in so people would be like, I remember that being Topanga's parent, but I don't remember Sean's mom showing up. Um, yeah. T- share with us your uh, chat GPT written episodes. Uh-huh. Share with us. Um, yeah, I, was, your- I was telling Chance before we started that I tried to write one. It was very short, um, but I told it to include a joke about Morgan not ever being around. Um and it did mention it. I didn't tell Chance the rest of it, um, but it does say like Morgan's never around, and they're like, "But she sure is all over Instagram." Um, but then at the end, Morgan shows up, and I was like, "Morgan, we've missed you. You've never been around." And they're like, sweetly reunited with Morgan. <laughs> it remembered. It remembered to include Morgan. The show didn't. Yeah, AI remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Um. So yeah. Um. Like like I said, share with us those um, episodes, and um, if you if you were going to cast Sean's secret half sister, who would it be? Yes, we chose Beverly Mitchell. <laughs> that wasn't clear. Yes, and we do know how old Beverly Mitchell is because we made sure she was the right age to uh-huh. include. I did write this episode down on our document, though. Okay, cut out our season six document. Um, season seven. Good. This is eligible for the tournament. <laughs> The chat GBT episode we made up. I've I've got to get busy. Um, I have plans for that tournament. Okay. Well, no, I don't have plans for the season seven tournament. I have seven. You have a season for the final tournament. Yep. It's gonna take. It's gonna take some doing. Mm Hmm. Um. Yeah, I feel like we've already kind of talked about it, but be sure to follow us over on Twitter or on Instagram. You can reach out to us over those methods. BG World Fever. For both of those or bgworldfever at gmail.com mm-hmm. you can reach out um always love to hear from you guys sorry we cuss so much <laughs> sorry we're so vulgar we just assault your ears with our vulgarities 
-hmm. at every every possible turn. I'm very sorry. Yep. Um, if you're out there and there is a harmless podcast, I think the the, the mean review is funny. I really do. Mm -hmm. But like, really think I'm about a bit it. chuffed. You, you you were a bit chuffed. I thought it was very funny. But also, like, think about what you're really doing. Like, these two people are creating something and putting something out into the world. Like, if we were, like, being extremely bigoted, uh -huh. well, I guess we are kind of extremely big bigoted to Adam Levine, but that's a different thing. Maybe Adam Levine wrote that. It was Adam Levine. Radio spills. If you mix those letters up and add a few and take a few away, it says Adam Levine. Adam or maybe Lucas Graham. because Adam Levine's feelings got hurt. Yeah. Um, but he spills really, out the radio all the time. I just like really think about what you're doing. Like, what are what what are you accomplishing? I, I'm telling it like it is. Telling who? Podcasts, Nobody looks at that but me. Podcasts are all about like getting invested in the personalities of the hosts. If you don't, cool. Move on. Move on. I've done it. Like. I don't know what to tell you. Um, that, that that being said, I'm like that five star review that trashes us for not giving Snyder cut its fair dues. That's I, funny. I love that one. <laughs> How dare you disrespect the Snyder cut? Five stars. Yeah, and I think they're funny. I have no problems with it. I'm just like, who are you? What are you doing right now? Like, you're like one of those people who's never written a book but leaves a one star review on like an uh, an author self published. Get a life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. But if yeah. you're still listening, Radio Spills, what are you doing? Yeah, what you doing? <laughs> I, I wasn't saying, like, you, Radio Spills, get a life. I'm sure you are a delight. It, maybe. <laughs> because you are a person. Yeah, because you are a person. You are vastly interesting. Um, yeah, that light behind you is flickering. Turned on. Um, it's kind of ominous looking because of that board missing in your fence. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, give us reviews, um, interact with us, and you are legally obligated to tell us if we got you. Legally. It's the yeah. law. Um, if you were like, I don't remember this episode, what are these guys talking about? Um, and also tell us where tell us where you figured it out. <laughs> That's uh -huh. a real episode. I have some feelings of where you might have figured it out. Yeah. It, well, yeah, if, if you still were like Sean's daughter and you were like, What? This isn't <laughs> in the show? <laughs> if we did get you that far we love you oh we do we we just love you anyway even yeah. you, whether, you, whether you, you got whether we got you or not but we really love you yeah thanks for listening um thanks for uh enjoying our tomfoolery mm -hmm. we have yeah, much much that's all i've got that's all i've got so from all of us here at Boomin's world fever so long world so long